0: Storyteller in the Fog podcast presents the Dredge. The Fold was founded on a private American island in the 1960s by a group of anonymous philanthropists. Their goal was to establish a peaceful society free of dark thoughts and emotions, attracting the dismayed, dischanted, and disillusioned from all over the country. This peace-loving community thrived over the years and members freely followed the dictates of the charismatic leader Otto Stamper who taught his followers the secret of maintaining happiness through joy talk, meditation, and the endless reciting of good-thinking mantras. But not all was bliss within the fold and Otto swiftly banished anyone who confessed to having dark thoughts or speaking dark words. Those he appointed as guardians of the fold were quick to root out malcontents banishing anyone who thought or spoke against the almost perfect community he had established. Life was more or less a utopian dream on the island, until, that is, the darkness began to slowly leak through the cracks of their spiritual dam and members began to mysteriously disappear. It wasn't long before fear closed its septic jaws on the island and refused to let go. The once happy community now gathered in few homes chanting all the good thinking mantras in a desperate attempt to rid their lives of the formless creature that seemed to stalk them in the shadows and consume them in their sleep. Otto tried to quell his followers, telling them that there were malcontents among their ranks and that they alone had summoned the journey to their garden of joy. As the fold bleeded fear, Otto evoked desperate measures. Otto Marians were restricted to their homes to prevent the spread of rumors and dark talk, while sleep is forbidden to prevent anyone from releasing dark dreams into the world. Freedom and sleep would return just as soon as the druid was no longer upon them. But when Otto Marians continued to disappear, Otto assembled his followers near the bench where he placed a screaming woman on a wooden stage. There, in the rain... Otto explained to his drenched, alienated, and sleep-deprived congregation that a woman was a journalist here to destroy everything they had created. As the Guardians held the trembling woman, she screamed that Otto wasn't the savior he claimed to be. He belonged to an ancient cult, an exclusive club of billionaires that took pleasure in corrupting and sacrificing people, towns and even countries, to an elder god. The journalist told them Otto hadn't banished anyone. He had tortured and sacrificed them, and that they would all be next. Without hesitation, Otto slit her throat before she could spread more lies. As she collapsed to her knees with her hands clasped around her neck, he told his confused and terrified herd that she was working with others within their ranks and that they needed to find the impostors before the druini came for them all. Otto's words shot over the congregation and reached into the murky recesses of their hearts and dredged up dark and fearful things. Years of suppressed emotions began to bubble up as a thick fog pushed through restless legs and feet. Whispers began, and the whispers became panicked mantras, and the mantras became screams and curses as each member accused the necks of mouth-thinking and mouth-speaking. Over the howling wind and pouring rain, the screams and curses grew louder and louder as everyone desperately tried to contain the darkness within. But the harder they tried, the quicker they ailed, and within moments the dam burst to release a torrent of hell. Otto watched his once blissful and joyful herd suddenly erupt into violence unlike anything he had ever seen before. The fold bleated accusations and tore each other to bits and pieces with hands and teeth and never once did they look up to see their kind and charismatic shepherd smiling down upon them with eyes that were cold, bleak, and without pity. When it was all over, Otto felt the creaking wooden stage shake as a murder of crows circled above. Suddenly, the ground rose and then sank into a thick, oozing black mud like molasses. Moments later, a formless mass squelched out of the muck and rose like a rearing horse to feed upon the writhing mass of butchered humanity. It was everywhere and nowhere at once, as it slowly picked its way through the carnage, absorbing the darkness, savoring the misery, trailing terrible noises, shrieks, cries, whimpers, Pops. Cracks. Feasting sounds. Death sounds. Dark sounds. Otto watched the creature as it slowly began to manifest into the very thing he had imagined. The very thing he had made them all imagine. It turned slowly to look at Otto for a long, silent moment. And then the journey trudged away through the thick and black sludge, disappearing into the shadows... From which it had came. Hello, and thank you for listening to Storytellers in the Fog, my little gremlins. Yeah, that's perfect. Just straight up. Okay, I used yeah, it. Yeah, that's just full send. We're done. I'm, I'm using that. <laughs> Anyways. We have our first uh, we have our first storyteller guest, and if they would like to introduce themselves, hi, uh,
1: my name is Bats, also known as Straying Bat, preferred Bats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they stream often on Twitch and stream DVD pretty often. Most of the time, I don't I don't think you've streamed anything but DVD in a while, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, I have not touched an indie game or anything in a very long time. Purely, yeah, DVD. Yeah, purely, purely Twitch, purely Twitch, <laughs> purely DVD locker
0: hours only, DJN hours only. Correct. Yeah. Um. So, I guess first, how did you get into streaming?
1: Um. It's it's weird because I had I had a friend ask me if I would stream for them on Mixer started out on that silly, goofy little website um, because you could stream straight from your Xbox. That's what I started out on was my Xbox and it was abysmal, uh, but started out on there as string zombie. And then um, I was like, wow, I actually kind of like streaming. So I moved to Twitch when they took Mixer down and uh, combined my mixer and my discord name to be Strained bat
0: i like that i was also a zombie yeah yeah i was dope zombies oh my (laughs) (laughs) that tells you anything about my life yeah 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then and then it went to chaotic berserker but i too was a zombie it's like we all started out as a zombie i think in our our usernames
1: yeah, I think I think it was our particular generation that started out like with the zombie because I was like the first big cultural horror thing I think in our lives was zombies. Yeah. Call of Duty yeah. Zombies
0: was like it.
1: Yeah, and like uh, 28 Days Later, and like all the all the George Romero movies that had zombies in them, and mm. yeah, all, yep. the
0: big ones. Yeah, yep, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, how did you transition that into DBD? Uh,
1: so I actually started out on DBD with Mixer uh, with the Xbox. Mm-hmm, with Xbox, uh, it was very interesting. I was not good when I first started. I only did totems. I only hid in lockers. I threw every pallet I came across. Um, and it was, it was abysmal, but there were still people in there who were like, wow, you scream really loud and you have a really loud laugh and we like it here. So we're going to stick around. Um, and I don't know why, because I was so trash at the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's, it's always been DBD. I did a little bit of Genshin when it first came out, uh, came back, started doing more indie horror. And then I just, I don't know. I, I love, DVD. it's comfortable it's it's horror it's like it's what i love it's just a little bit of everything
0: yeah Um, and it's great with friends too like it is it is yeah Mm -hmm. i was a uh, religious decisive strike runner um as soon as they dropped lori and decisive strike came out i was like i'm gonna be that asshole at the gates like when it used to work as your final straw at the gates that's what i did all the time i was an ass i don't know how people enjoyed playing with me (laughs) I was definitely the survivor that I would have DC'd on. You know what I mean? So yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Not a vibe nowadays. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know what half of this stuff was. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh,
1: I was a big leader, uh, and prove thyself. No.
0: Nerd. Uh huh. Not, not leader.
1: I, I was the, the team's heel slut. I'll just put it that way. It-
0: <laughs> oh, oh.
1: <laughs> Yeah. That's that's what essentially what I did. I would get the unhooks like when I started getting a little better, I would get the unhooks. I would do the healing. Um, but I was still hiding in lockers, still doing totems, refused to do gens. I still can't do skill checks to this day. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I,
0: I don't think any if anybody tried to tell me that they can do skill checks perfectly, I would absolutely call them out on that. That's a lot. Yeah, I will it's go through lie. every VOD. I do not care. <laughs> I will waste the time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so when you picked up, did you pick up DVD? Like when it came out, were you like an early grabber? I was
1: an early grabber actually. Uh, so I got my PC a few months before DVD came out, bought it, played a few rounds, had no idea what I was doing. Shut that the fuck down. And then saw my friends were playing it on Xbox like years later. And I was like, can I come join you? I kind of want to play this again. And they're like, yeah, sure. And they've regretted it ever since.
0: You know what? <laughs> that's <laughs> that's valid. I understand that though. Um, did you and you said you've like you've you okay, bats mains Meg. We're just gonna get that out of the way. We're just gonna rip that band-aid off. Yep. Have you always mained Meg? No, I uh started out on Nia, uh, went to
1: Fung, uh, went to Kate, and then came to Meg. And This is going to sound really weird, but Meg feels like home.
0: No, that's valid.
1: Yeah, it feels natural with her.
0: I have other mains. Like, I love playing Hattie. I love playing, which is funny, you know, with our subject. Um, (laughs) I love playing Hattie and stuff. But Nancy is, if I'm feeling uncomfortable or feel like the games aren't going well and I hop on Nancy, all of that goes away. Yes. So, I understand completely. Um, yeah,
1: everyone else feels just a little subpar.
0: I, I feel that. I understand. Yeah. Um, so now with the big question, and I think what everybody's going to wonder when they listen is, why in the hell is Dread <laughs> your favorite? Okay, first off, so many questions. <laughs> first off, he's
1: well. He lore wise, he is not, but in game, he's just a silly, goofy little guy. He's so cute. You see his little turkey neck bobbing around and weaving. Like, he's just adorable. <laughs> his little movements, the, the little way, like, neck. his little turkey neck, the little hands that come out of him, Maurice that comes out of him was a really nice touch, by the way. I really love that. Um, the way that he's just, he's he's a void, essentially. Um, and it's pure horror, and I love that about him. He's I know that lore-wise or, like, for DBD, he is not the first non-human character in the game because we have Demogorgon, and I, there's one other, and I can't remember who it is. It might be Pyramid Head. Does he count as human? I mean, technically.
0: He's humanoid.
1: Um, humanoid. So, Dredge was the first non-humanoid creature they put in, and mm-hmm. that brought the horror back for me because it's like he's so – or it is so many different things, and it's mm-hmm. so fucking scary. Um
0: lore wise though hang on i have notes okay yeah yeah, yeah. i had a i had to write it down um while, while you're looking at your notes really quick i just want to say yeah. like m- one of my favorite things about him is his animation when he falls or gets stunned the <sighs> fact that he shrinks into himself sends me every yes. time i'm every like time. where are you going <laughs> he's just a shy little guy oh, oh oops he's I, a little d- little water <laughs> droplet just falls yeah. on the ground just
1: <laughs> bloop comes right back out. Okay, I'm good. Let's go again. <laughs> Let's run it back. He's resilient. <laughs> <laughs> um I the the best thing about Dredge, um like I mentioned, is that he is truly a monster. Um when you look at when you look at the other killers in the game, uh e- if they're human or not, um there's there's something that you can always connect to with them. Like uh, Besides Demogorgon, we know he's a monster, but we all love him anyways uh, because of Stranger Things. But, like, you look back and, like, you empathize with Spirit because of the way that she was killed. And mm-hmm. she was probably pulled into the fog. I mean, partly, you know, for vengeance. But, like, it's sad the way she died. Right, like, most of them into are pulled the in, fog. in
0: because they get, like, a vengeance drop right. it but they're yeah. all they're all like decent people before then most of them not all of them some of them are a little twisted but a lot of them really have those sad backstories and and he just doesn't it yeah. does not yeah yeah
1: yeah it's uh, their backstories you can sympathize or empathize with them mm-hmm. and even even if they're cruel because they're human and it's like is the story of human error, uh emotion or like um nature versus nurture even can be brought up for them but dredge is completely different in the way that like he's just an amalgamation of like i'm i'm just gonna put it out there he's an amalgamation of toxic positivity if you look at his lore it's Mm disgusting um dark intentions and like he's he's got people in Mm -hmm. him and uh his whole his whole purpose is to spread darkness and what i i liken him to or it to is mental health which is really scary for a lot of us Um, mm. but like no no matter how positive you are no matter how good you are the darkness always comes back it always seeps back in and you always like have those bad days or those bad times and that's dredge and that's why he's so fucking scary and that's why I love him so much because I feel like I can relate to him which sounds again weird but yeah, he is depression. I am depression. He's mm-hmm. still a goofy little guy. I'm still a goofy little guy. So, <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so with with Dredge, <clears throat> Dredge on his own, it's kind of almost like a Frankenstein story, um, because you know, like uh, his creator Otto basically summoned him um, with what he did with his his members of the fold. Um, what do you think about Otto himself? With everything that he did to, like, summon Dredge.
1: I. The story is terrible. Um, Going and reading through it. uh, He. Otto is a monster. I I wouldn't even call him human at this point after reading Mm -hmm. about him. Um, He brought. Literal entire families onto that island, not just adults but children too, which makes it so much more tragic. Um, but I I would argue that he should be in the game and not dredged,
0: because he was the monster here. Right? Know, yeah. But and this is this is just me speculating. This is not any official lore or anything. <clears throat> but it would be. Extremely interesting to me that the entity chose Dredge because he was like the the creation of the monster. It always like stuns me as to why the entity chooses people, even when they choo- even when it chooses the survivors. It's very the entity is very nitpicky on who it lets in, and so I almost wonder if part of Otto isn't out there looking for how to get to Dredge. And if behavior wouldn't be able to do something with that.
1: I I do think that there is lore, which I have not read real deep into the lore, but I think it was like Tome 12. Um, it wasn't Otto himself. It was another person, but they mentioned the fold quite a few times. And when you read the lore of Otto, it, it mentions this journalist who talks about how Otto is part of a secret organization of billionaires and Mm -hmm. uh i i haven't like i said i haven't read all of tome 12 um but is this the same group and are they calling the fold the fold uh
0: through the experimentation of what they were trying to do through tome 12 um and and do know um which we haven't gotten into it obviously this is our first episode um but we do know just from basic lore that that same group of billionaires would be tied to both Felix and Elodie's families. Yes. Um, should they be the same. So, and which would tie us to the twins and to Felix. Uh, which, or not, um, I'm sorry, not Felix. The twins and Blight. Because we Elodie, Elodie and Felix came with both of those. Yes. Um, and the Blight actually has a direct, like, line to this group. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see... How they continue to like weave lore into each other, I think it's really neat how they do that, but i I just think that like Otto being part of that group of billionaires and like them obviously like experimenting like like blight himself was experimenting quite often um so doing that and creating the drudge out of that, have they done that with a lot of our other killers? Do we know has it started since the very beginning with like Huntress that's actually a really good question it made me think because whenever i was reading about
1: auto it said it started in the 1960s um um, as far as we know the twins are from what the french revolution era yeah yep so how far back does this go and like you said how many hands are in the pie how how many killers have been affected and does that mean like only only killed spirit correct did they uh, influence no. that? Oh, no, his uh, no. oh, an ancestor is,
0: is yeah, like a great great
1: great grandfather. <laughs> right, right. I well, then I mean Oni and spirit are still cr- connected. So like what's the story there? What's the connection there? That's yeah, also like,
0: interesting. And like the fact that the fog went for an ancestral, you know, like down the line, like this entity clearly has like a an agenda. That they're keeping track of, because otherwise, I mean, it's not like Ren was a random pick for them. You know what I mean? So it's just right. interesting. It's interesting to know for sure. Um We kind of get a little bit of, um, like, I-, I don't know how much you've looked into, like, Hattie's lore, Um since they are the same chapter that came out. Um There's really not a lot right now, other than the fact that they entered at the same time. Um with kind of what's going on But do you have any notes on like Hattie And his connections or anything like that The only notes that I Really
1: had were um when I Was looking at I do played some dredge Um but I don't really Like read the descriptions Um like you know they leave like Little notes of lore and the description right. of the Add-ons and stuff I wasn't really reading them So when I was going through The wiki and I was reading the Add-ons I was like oh wait this Belongs to Hattie Mm-hmm. Why does Dredge have Hattie's belongings? Like I know they came in together, but this means that they have to be connected in mm-hmm. some way. There's no way that he's going to do, or it's going to have a uh, her voice recordings or her her calendar that she was keeping track of her uh, trip to India mm-hmm. with her parents. There's why would he have these things?
0: Right. So and how are they connected? The small touch on Hattie's lore without getting into her complete lore is that there's a lot of different um, like Survivor Hattie has different uh, there's like different um, slight differences between that and Tome Hattie um, but the biggest conclusion is that when Hattie's parents disappeared it had to do with all of this. So oh. is Hattie's family dipped into all of this? Is Hattie's family part of this billionaire group? They were scientists, doctors. You know what I mean. So like, maybe he knows her. Maybe in all of this creation, Dredge keeps like a memory file, and is like aware of everybody in this fog. Like, how wild would that be if he knows? Like, it, it, it obviously he's. It, it's more of a, an like a like a monster being, like you said. It's yeah. not so much like a functioning brain being; it's definitely just there for the, the like gore and the blood and like the feeding, um, which you can tell with it's Mori. But what if it has like a a brain storage where it knows everything that's coming, like kind of like the observer?
1: I could see that because I, at at the very end of the description of the lore, when they're talking about how Dredge is formed, it looks at Otto. And then leaves him. Why would it not consume him? So I think it does have some sentience. Because he essentially created it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So does it answer to him? Does it answer to the fog? Does it
0: answer to this group? It is definitely wild to think. That Otto raised this monster. Which is created out of his followers that literally tore each other apart. Literally tore each other into pieces. And it didn't even hesitate to tear him apart. Right. It just seems like it would have to answer him to some degree. Or it recognizes it. Otto as like its creator. Like a. I, I don't want to use like a Frankenstein reference. Almost like a. Almost like it's a demon and he summoned it. Kind of thing. Yeah. So it's like. It's like I don't need you yet
1: into the world cause havoc but then it got taken into the fog
0: yeah or maybe because Otto doesn't seem disdained about it being in the fog so maybe this group of billionaires really does know what it's doing for the entity maybe it really does know and is really creating these things to send into the entity like a sacrifice but what's their goal what's the, what's the ultimate goal like
1: first off how did they even figure figure out the fog existed and that the entity
0: existed well that's a fun fact for when we talk about blight (laughs) um there's multiple instances in different lores where there's direct connection made almost like a sacrificial moment with the entity and the entity makes a decision um so it makes it really it makes me think that this entity you know when we see the entity in game it's covering gins it you know it'll eat you if you if you're past the timer it seems more just like a circumstance of of positioning like you're stuck here in the fog so that's what kind of controls the the trials right however i think the entity is a person i think it's like a being and it has intelligence and it's working with all of this so Like it is doing things like obviously um, Felix and Elodie were part of their parents were part of this group Um, and they still got taken into the fog. So maybe it was like the entity making a statement like you guys aren't doing what I need you to do. So it's just there's a lot of different ways the entity could go. And I think the dredge is like the puppet. I think it could be like a really cool storyline of it being the puppet for the entity. And it was just Otto's job to create. I mean, he did a really good job. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. He's a little twisted. Definitely a little twisted, which I think is funny um, because at the very end of the lore, they don't actually call him the Dredge. No, they call him. uh, I couldn't even pronounce
1: it. If Um, I had to take a a guess at the pronunciation, I would say like a Druiny. Yeah, and then uh, something else I was reading called him the Egregor. Ooh, I know, I know, I probably mispronounced that, hmm. but that was interesting. It was it's uh, out of of a out of a Hebrew
0: text. Mm. Interesting. And Otto's story and Dredge's story is very religious based. He's basically formed a cult. Is more or less what's going on. I mean they're called the uh what is it the uh Automarians. Yes. So yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. it's like a whole religion. So it is interesting that you put it that way.
1: Yeah. Um the I I just looked it up but it's uh the egregore is a an accumulation of the thoughts of an occult basically. Mm-hmm. Of a, around a specific set of people. And uh, since Otto was like, oh, hey, no, no negative anything, uh, positivity only, he essentially was able to create this being. So mm-hmm. it is it is religious lore uh, put in there.
0: I didn't realize that. So um, before I start this section of the podcast... I do my dramatic reading and then I'm, this is kind of the section where I talk about like some of the things you were talking about, like the items and stuff that have like mini lore in them. What do you know about judges main weapon, his hook? Do you know anything, anything interesting about it? Do you notice anything interesting about it? Um, as far as I know, it's the
1: limbs of the people it consumed. Yes. Have you ever looked at it closely? No, I mean, I have the game open right now. I can
0: look at him. You should look at it and tell me what you see. Oh, wait, I have the snowman skin. Yeah, (laughs) the snowman skin will not give you the answers. (laughs) I love the snowman skin, though. All right, let's see.
1: Am I looking at knotted appendage or am I looking at. You're looking at knotted appendage, the primary weapon.
0: I mean, it kind of be looking like a scythe, not going to lie. It does kind of look like a scythe, which is creepy on its own. Um, and like you said, if you look, it's a lot of different appendages put together. There's a lot of like, like there's an arm, there's like a stump, stuff like that. Um, but if you look at the very meat of it, it's a bunch of hands I, together. I just noticed. I yeah. am disgusted. I'm disgusted, but it's like, that's
1: so fucking cool, dude.
0: If you look at the el- like the elbow thing um, on it, like where it comes down, it's literally like uh, it's almost like there's a hand wrapped at the elbow, and then there's another couple of baby hands, like children's hands that wrap before they get to the scythe.
1: All the hands are just holding them together, yep even even the other arm the the giant hand that it doesn't really use um is' just it's like a a tiny arm it's it's a bunch of fingers, it's a bunch of hands. It's it's super creepy. And like what the what the fuck is up with its neck?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's disgusting. <laughs> yep. And if you I mean like just looking at his head and stuff, um the one of the creepiest parts of um knowing it all is that they they tore each other apart. So, um the the followers, the automarians just kind of like all lost their shit at once and started tearing at each other and literally tore each other to pieces until they couldn't anymore. So what you're looking at on his head is most likely an actual head of a person, um and this is just my interpretation of it. It's the head of a person, and then that neck and like the back that we see would be where someone's spine would be.
1: I so can see it.
0: The bones you have coming out are like the spinal bone, like the the you know what I mean. I I don't know what I'm trying to say, and then like ribs. Because a lot of those bones like jut like ribs. Um, but yes. you would slit open the back of somebody's head and that would be where his like mouth void is because then like maybe, you know, obviously he's grabbed like other teeth or like has other teeth from other people. Um, and then he's got like his scrolls on the back that are all like, I guess, like put together. And one of the creepiest things when you think about it is his big meaty arm, not the hook arm, his big yeah. meaty arm um, has a lot of children's limbs on it yeah that uh it it kind of broke as a parent it broke my heart yeah it's can you imagine thinking you're falling somebody into what he assumed and told everyone was eternal happiness um and here it's getting torn apart to become a monster mm-hmm. which makes the wails of him even creepier
1: oh yeah did you know that he's voiced by six different people
0: yeah, he is the only person, only cre- um, creature to be voiced by that many people. Terrifying. It's, it's
1: interesting. I I love it. I do wish t- there are too many people who are like this is not a horror game, right. but it is. It absolutely is. If you pay attention to the music that they conduct, that the sounds that they make, the like when he's when he's running, you can hear what fleshy sounds I know that sounds really gross mm-hmm. but it's wet flesh and you can hear the rattling of bones and you can hear the whales whenever his nightfall
0: mm-hmm. comes and it is it's heartbreaking which if we think about it the whales specifically happening during nightfall is because that's what they saw last before they started whaling and tearing each other apart yep the survivors can no longer see each other dredge knows where everyone is because you get highlighted um you know like maybe not from a distance but he can see you guys a lot brighter than you can see him um and when dredge was created out of the bodies like the piles of people he literally like it said that he had like that slopping gross sound when he came up so i mean he yes. just has all of that in that like darkness that he holds
1: yeah it uh the darkness, the nightfall, um, when you as a survivor are in the night and you're hearing the screaming is the last thing that anyone heard before they were torn apart and consumed. And I just, the, one of the worst things to me, one of the biggest things I'm scared of is the dark Mm -hmm. and, and thinking about hearing just someone Multiple people wailing for their lives and not knowing where they, are, where they are not being able to see them is absolutely terrifying. It's yep. horrifying.
0: Yep, for sure. With, um, with that being said, some of his items that I found interesting um, I would like to talk to you about. Um, You said there was a couple of Hattie ones, and while the Hattie ones are super interesting, we don't know how they're connected yet. Um, We've not gotten a tome that's connected enough with them yet for us to know. Um, But a couple of ones that kind of broke my heart, like you were talking about earlier, was um, there is one called Destroyed Pillow. It reduces the cooldown duration of the gloaming by negative 2.5 seconds during nightfall. What this is, is... The followers, the automarians when they were forced not to sleep, leaders of the automarians would come in and shred everybody's sleeping supplies. So yeah. that, de- that destroyed pillow that's, like, you know, reducing that cool down, if you think about it, that's a little bit of a rest for Dredge. It was taking the rest from the people. Yes. Um, it was... uh it was it
1: was forcing all those thoughts that Otto was like hey don't think about this mhm but it like ensured their demise
0: right um another one is the broken doll um it increases the duration of nightfall by 20 whole seconds um and it's a green add-on and it's literally just a doll that a family brought onto the island thinking they were ent- entering utopia
1: yep that one, uh, that one specifically is one that just,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I, I hate it. It's such a,
0: it's really a good add on, but I hate it so much. One of his, one of my favorite, um, what? So I like both of the eerie add ons. Um, I like the sacrificial knife and I like the iridescent wooden plank, but the nastiest of those eerie add ons is the iridescent wood plank. It causes exposed status status to survivors in those last 12 seconds of nightfall. So, like, if we're all together healing and we don't see dredge, we're all exposed and he could down us all right there. The reason that Iridescent Wood Plank is iridescent is because there was a journalist that came to warn all of the automarians that this was not a good thing, what was happening, what was ha- What was coming, and what Otto had planned. And Otto literally slit her throat on the stage. Hmm. So that iridescent wood plank is literally the wood plank that her blood stained from the stage that Dredge now uses as an add-on to basically end the survivors. And then the
1: uh, the other eerie add-on is what set it into motion, which is the sacrificial knife. Yeah. Uh. So it's. I love how they they wove the lore into his add-ons. Mm-hmm. It's
0: it's so good. And the, the funny part is the boat key, um, which it was, the boat key gets hidden. It's the only boat key. And they won't let, like, deserters and stuff or anybody who wants to leave the cult, they hide the keys so that way they can't. And the boat key actually grants Dredge speed. Like, teleportation speed. Like, distance speed. So, like, the audacity of this boat key being being hidden from these innocent families for dredges, Dredge to now use it as a power to be able to get places faster. It's... <laughs> it's so ironic if somebody doesn't if somebody doesn't see the horror in dvd or needs like the the spark reignited it's a really good idea to go through stuff like this this lore stuff gets so detailed and is so neat oh absolutely
1: i mean even spending time in the game um, just in the menu with the killer and just observing them and looking at them and reading their lore um, is also, I think, a really good way to reconnect with that horror. Mm. Just let yourself be scared. It's yes, it's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it does. The Dredge is the first non-humanoid character, so non-humanoid shaped, um, but the second it-its pronouns because Demogorgon is also it-its. Um, but despite all of that, a lot of people do confirm, uh, do talk about the dredge with he, him pronouns. Um, and I think yeah. it's just the, I think it's just the appearance is very masculine, um, with the big old arm and stuff like that, but it's, 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 it are its official pronouns.
1: Yes. I'm very guilty of calling it, uh, he, him often,
0: um, Okay, and then I have my. I'm going to tell my super fun fact that I think is neat that hopefully I get to touch on within the next couple of um, episodes um, because it will be a really cool, like, bring back into. um, And then I'm going to ask you a couple more things about yourself.
1: Okay. Um,
0: But Otto Stamper, his creator, is actually directly tied to Herman the Doctor. Otto was Herman's, I believe it was his. Um, like his mentor at the Learys Institute m- uh, Memorial. So, was
1: Otto. Otto was a doctor then?
0: Otto was a doctor.
1: So, was he a physical doctor or a mental
0: doctor? Well, that's kind of where it gets messy with them. Um,. The doctor was very into these experiments, uh, which obviously we know Leary's is a black site, uh, which means that they do things that you probably shouldn't know. You know, like non, like the government, if you ask the government, they don't know what you're talking about. Right. Um, And it was like that. And he, so he was doing these experiments that were very uh, unethical. And Dr. Stamper more or less, encouraged Herman to the point of sadism. You know, that
1: uh, Dredge's lore does say that Otto was very charismatic. Mm-hmm. It makes you wonder if he had, if he was like a narcissist and had a God complex and could just influence all these people around him. So would the doctor have even turned out the way he did?
0: without Otto. Maybe not and is Otto behind all of it? Cuz it sounds like he has his hands a little bit of everywhere. That's really really interesting.
1: I'm really interested in learning more about Otto now.
0: Mm. Before I, I, I was like, Otto. "Oh, I could take a leave on," but yeah, he's he definitely has a um He definitely has a a big looming cloud over the lore.
1: He's kind of like dredge with all of his little hands. They're just in little every piece of the pie.
0: There's a finger everywhere. It's weird. Yeah. And um, the doctor's lore would leave you to believe that Otto's dead. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, clearly. But was he- that before or after dredge? Do we know? Well, when did when did when was the doctor taken? I don't think there's an actual set year for the doctor. I don't think we have a year for him. Actually, let me double check.
1: It would be it would be really nice to
0: put a timeline to these things. It would be really cool. I think they've got to get a lot figured out before they decide where they want everybody to be um timeline wise, which is crazy um because if I remember correctly, hang on, yep, yeah yeah, 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 okay, so not to dip into the doctor too much, but this is the doctor's official lore and this I'm just gonna read this little paragraph, okay. Carter's experimental information extraction had turned to horrific and bizarre torture. Patients and prisoners were found dead or in vegetative states with all types of head trauma. In his office, they found the most terrible discovery of all, Dr. Stamper himself. His head peeled open and an array of electrodes and sensors inserted into his still-working but annihilated brain. There was no sign of Herman, the Dr. Carter, but his research paper suggested that he had been using the prisoners as part of an awful ECT experiment as he searched for the The panacea of mind control. So. But his brain is still working. Destroyed. Annihilated. But still working. But is, so is, is Dr. Stamper not Dr. Stamper? Did the doctor get to him first? Is the doctor brain controlling him? There's so many questions. So many questions. I... I feel like there's a charm
1: out there that has i i could I could have sworn like a brain or something and it makes me wonder like did they keep his brain if it was still working mm. why mention it was still
0: working well in in um not to say they're connected but in store merchant stuff we see a lot of like uh and store merchants, blights, and somebody else's lore, a lot of the pictures suggest that there's a lot of like um you know like the the science tubes that, like keep shit alive. Yeah you know what I'm talking about. There's a yeah. lot of those in the background.
1: So maybe they're going to bring him back. Maybe. Maybe he never really died. I'm I'm interested in finding out. I need to know more.
0: (laughs) It's uh, the lore (laughs) gets you. It'll get you sucked in. You're just like, let me read all of it now. And the neat thing that behavior does is they tack it on to each individual thing. So, like, we went from talking about Dredge and Hattie to Felix and Elodie to Blight and Twins to Clown and Maurice to the doctor. You know what I mean? Like, it's amazing.
1: It's all interconnected. And you don't know until you start reading it.
0: Literally. And then you just got, you got tons of stuff you can click on and figure out. (laughs) You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm." (laughs) I've been
1: wanting to do a deep dive uh, since they've released Tome 1. I've been doing the challenges. I've been collecting the lore. I've been listening to it. But I haven't really sat down. What I would love to do is start a map. Um, of how everything and everyone is connected and then start a timeline. Um, but I know my hyperfixation is going to get me and that's going to be the only thing I focus on for like six months.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it's, that's why I'm making the podcast with hope is that I'll be able to kind of do that for people without over stressing everybody. I'm hoping that I can touch on things like, you know, even us talking today uncovered a lot of stuff, but we've not even touched the surface. You know what I mean?
1: So it's barely begun.
0: Right. So hopefully this gets everybody excited and you guys go and look at your own lore and come and tell me all of these things you've found and we can like share them together. And I've been told that there's some mean sides of DVD lore. There's a lot of people who are really strict with it and like say it's only this way. And that there's like Canon things about each character, but I'm not interested in that. I'm very interested in the overall outlook of it. And I'm very interested in everybody's personal takes on it because I think behavior does a really good job of leaving things open-ended so you can question and make creative things and do creative things. So with that being said, if you were to sit down right now and write something cool into the story of the dredge, what would it be?
1: Oh God. (laughs) yeah yeah it's a thinker yeah I was not prepared for this question um (laughs) I I would want to know um, specifically Dredge seems like to me an uncontrollable monster besides the fact that it didn't go after Stamper Mm -hmm. um it seems like an uncontrollable monster can it travel in and out of the fog does it collect people outside of the fog because clearly in the fog, it's not getting it's like ravenous hunger satiated. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't see our survivors added to the body in any way. Right. At all. And with its form, it's clearly, like, if you look at the other skins, they're rotting, they have mildew, they are gangrenous, they're in multiple states of decay, so it's continually adding to itself. It has to, I believe, in order to continue to thrive. So right. where is it getting its other parts? That's what I would like to know. That's mm-hmm. what I would like to see.
0: Yeah. I think that would be really interesting. I think it'd be a really good... uh just, like, explanation, because just the entity itself and the trials are really interesting to me. Um, because there's a lot of, like, fan writing and fan art out there that, like, in... So, like, if we put ourselves in the survivor's shoes, so say you actually are Meg and I actually am Nancy. We get into the trial, we watch a Jake and a Steven die on hook. Okay, so, like, picture we actually just watch two of our friends die on hook. We escape the trial and we go back into this campfire area. Around the campfire, there's nothing but fog. No matter what you do, if you walk in any direction, you always end up back at this campfire. Okay. That's the essential appearance of the DVD campfire. And then when a trial happens, there's a sound and basically you are transfer, trans, transferred or transported into these maps and you have to face these killers. And every time you do it, you respawn. So like we get out of the trial, sit down at the campfire, and then Steven and Jake eventually come back and they're they're essentially fine. How much trauma, how much brain melt, how much trap, how much is the entity putting forth and actually initiating trials? What does this look like for the survivors actually in these trials? Well, and it, it also begs the question,
1: do they remember the previous trial?
0: Yeah. And do they remember where they are? Do, is it like they entered the, for the first time each time? And what about these killers that don't want to hunt these people? But they're forced to, yeah. I mean, they,
1: of course, have to remember. Yeah. They're forced to. um, Which would make me assume that the survivors remember and know and see and experience everything just over and over and over.
0: There wouldn't be DVD smut if they did not. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. But yeah, it's very, it's just, it's interesting to think about what what the Entity actually sits back and does, which is why I think that there's something or someone behind it. I I would like to assume that the Entity is somewhat of an Eldritch horror. I agree. I agree. <sighs> well, we've almost had an hour worth of talking, which the first, like, ten minutes of that mean were me yelling at Schizo. <laughs> but, um... Is there anything you have coming up? Is there anything that you'd like to say? Anything interesting about the Dredge you didn't get to talk about that you would like to say before we end?
1: Um, I, I do want to touch on the fact that um, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, and with how I liken Dredge to mental health, um, I do want to say it is incredibly important to take the time to take care of yourself. I know a lot of people... Um, care about others. Um, and that's, that's their way of caring for themselves, but you have to stop, take the time for yourself, take the time off, whatever it is, um, that you love, you're going to get burnt out and you're going to hate it or resent it. So just step away, take the time, get some sleep, you know, get a full, uh, night's rest, get something to eat that is substantial and healthy for you. Make sure you are hydrating, um, and just, just look out for yourself because a lot of people won't, won't look
0: out, you know, for the important things. Get on a, a nice island that is not Otto, not Otto's yes. island. <laughs> go go
1: somewhere not Otto's island. Do not go to the Garden of Joy. It is not joyous.
0: Except for when your bat's running. That's <laughs> the only time it's joyous.
1: <laughs> yeah, except for when I go there. It's, I'm pretty
0: happy. <laughs> um... So when this comes out, which will be the 24th hopefully. Um do you have anything coming up? Like you doing any tournaments? You doing anything on your stream? You got anything um you know, are you like open for collabs, stuff like that? Uh always open for collabs.
1: Uh I would like to do at least one collab a week. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very excited.
0: And uh without um revealing who I'm doing next month who would you like to see next who would you be interested to hear about maybe somebody you don't consider a favorite person that you just think their their lore is really cool
1: oh you know actually um who I would like to see hang Hmm. on um I always forget Zarina
0: I would love to hear about Zarina I love her I love the whole Deathslinger Zarina chapter yes that is fair They are very, very cool. And uh, something funny about that is uh, Zarina is technically a reporter. um, So it makes me think. Right. I was sitting there thinking the same thing. I'm like, is this connected? I wonder. They didn't mention a name. They did mention that she was a woman. Yeah. And in Zarina's lore, she doesn't really go out like that. But it's just the point. It's very interesting.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to find out. I want the
0: pieces to fall into place hmm I think it'll be neat. Yeah. If there's nothing else to say, I think that's it. I think we just did our first Storytellers in the Fog. Thank you for being my first uh, guinea pig to do it. <laughs> of course. And, uh... I'm excited. I hope you come back for more. I hope everybody wants to come back for more. I already want to come back for more. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Alright, well, I don't have anything super cool set up yet. Um, I am in the... Um, Monsters Myth and Mayhem pod, uh, podcast Discord right now. That's where I'm set up. I'm doing a few things in there. So if you guys are not listening to my other podcast that I co-host with Silver Crow, um, I'm sorry, he's Silverwing Gaming now. I keep forgetting that and calling him Silver Crow. Um, but Silverwing and I are um, we have a Monsters Myth and Mayhem where we talk about things like elder chores and um, mythical creatures, legends, and we talk about like how they would be in modern day society. So if you guys are not over there. And you haven't listened to it, I suggest uh, highly going and clicking on that as well. Um, and we are in that Discord now. If you want any updates on the podcast or anything, any insider looks, that's a great place to be. Um, other than that, you can find us on Twitter. So make sure you check out Twitter. Um, you can find us on almost any podcast uh, listening channel. So you guys can find us on like Spotify, Apple Music, stuff like that. Hopefully by the time I upload, so I hope to see you guys again. I'll be doing these like once a month. So look at me, look for me, like almost end of the month every month i would say is probably a good bet and uh we'll see you back next time bye say bye bats bye